0: is they actually have been reunited again is that right yeah yes yes so um, you know it's interesting when we think about God being trustworthy because we can't match up a puzzle or a picture and say well this is what healing and redemption looks like we're all different and our stories and our journeys are all different and that's the one thing I appreciate about the word of God that it can speak to me shanta even now like kings could speak to you now in a new way than it would have spoken to you 10 years ago <laughs> and, for and so as we go through this journey you're going to hear her reflect on some of these difficult things that she's gone through and um uh, you know the the ways that she felt how did my faith let me down or what did i do wrong or what how did this happen and so on page five um If you're there, Barb, why don't you just read the first paragraph for us? Could you do that? Sure. Where it says, I stood in front of.
1: Okay. I stood in front of the busted up walls, amazed by all I never knew was behind them. Wires, pipes, support beams, insulation. It all stood out now, so very vulnerable and exposed. I ran my hand along the rough reality of renovation and thought how very similar my heart felt at the moment. The only difference was I knew my house would be put back together better than ever.
0: And what's that next line say?
1: I wasn't so sure about my
0: heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, with the house, she knew that she had a basic time frame and she knew about the renovations and she knew that there was a beginning (laughs) to the project and an ending to the project. And she knew for the house that at the end it would be beautiful. Um, So she was actually happy that the renovation was happening and the demolition because she knew what the end result would be. The demolition, the, the tearing down of all those things was not a sign of irreparable problems. It was a sign of intentional progress. But she wasn't ready to say the same thing about the busted up demolition places of her heart. Not right now, not yet. And when I stood and looked in the mirror, Shanta, can you read that paragraph?
2: Unmute, yeah. There you go. Sorry. When I stood and looked in the mirror, my demolished heart wasn't quite as easy to see as the walls in my house. The brokenness suddenly revealed things but they weren't so easy to identify as the pipes and wires. They were strange threads of fear, anxiety, shock, trauma, and distrust. Yes. So somebody, I think it was Julia
0: said, this is a place where I could ask questions. I want you to know as we go on this book study that different ones will lead from week to week and we will all gather together here. But this is a safe place. We do recognize that we are on Facebook. And so some things we can message later or we can save for later. But um, it's helpful when people hear our testimonies. In Revelations, it says, by the word of their testimony, things happened. And so um, this especially spoke to me when she said there were these things of fear, anxiety, shock, trauma, distrust, and Barb already mentioned, you know, a year ago when she was used to being involved and doing things and then COVID and she lost her dog and just felt alone until we come together. And, and what I think that I love to share and be honest is that I've had these feelings. I know you've had these feelings. I believe that we've all had these feelings. Jesus had these feelings. We see that when he says, Literally, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthanah, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so if even Jesus had these emotions, it's a safe place to say, right now, I'm having a hard time trusting, or I'm having a hard time not letting my anxiety go over the top. Um, so too, I know that you're there and you're such a strong warrior for the Lord is there anything that you you would have to unmute your mic if you feel like it? If you don't, it's not a problem. But Salama 2, is there something that you would say that during this season of unknowns with COVID and everything, Salama 2, how has God showed you that he is in your picture? I see that you might have to turn your volume up. I see it's you're not on mute. But we don't hear you. Mm, okay. Now I hear you, Salaman too. Oh. There, I hear you. Yes.
3: All right. Thank you for having me on the program. This is the very first time I'm joining. Uh, I really want to appreciate you, Pastor Jane. You have been with me. And praying for us in this very difficult time. But just like you said, at every point in time, we see God really, really manifesting. And we continue to trust him. In the midst of all this, God has really given me peace. And I continue to rest in the peace of God and trusting him for what I know he will do. Because there is no impossibility with God
0: love it yes thank you so much thank you you so much and um you know that's the thing that i just love about barb do you have something you want to say okay no I, I'm losing the new you. things that he's doing in each yes. of us. Okay. Okay. I don't know what's happening here. Yes. Something. Can you see me? Yes, okay. Continue. Can you see me? Yep. Okay. okay. I just adjusted a little bit technical wow. stuff. We'll get through it. It's like when we're at a round table here in person and we get into a good conversation and where people things all over again it's fine it's part of like being together at our round table so we praise God for that but salamity I just praise God that the peace of God is something that we continually need to ask for you know and he's faithful I love that you just said there's there's just nothing that's too hard for God and me to handle together and I think we've all witnessed that in this last year yes Shanta
2: can I just say something? For me personally, um, I wasn't um, I wasn't as strong as I was in the Lord like I am now. Uh, so lockdown for me uh, taught me to trust God and not to trust man, because I felt if I need, had a need. I had to go to my pastor and only they could do it. And, and they had like direct access to God. And so for me, lockdown has taught me that I am a child of God and God listens to me. And I also have that direct access to God. Amen. And- Somebody needs to type in the chat
0: full access. <laughs> I it- love that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, when the thing, you know, the opposite of trustworthy is not trusting, right? Being having distrust of something. And one thing I think we don't realize is that sometimes circumstances in our life kind of rip the rug out from underneath us. And then as Christian people, sometimes we'll say, Oh, I trust God. But then I start to say, I don't trust that person. And I don't trust that person. And I don't trust this system to work. And we begin to be in this, like, I don't trust. And if you're in a, I don't trust mode, then you start to get more anxiety because how are you ever going to work it out? And so I want you to make that connection that the enemy of our soul tries to rip the rug out from underneath us. It, you know, and then, but then look at what Shanta just said. She learned actually, as he tried to rip away all those connections, Barb mentioned them earlier that she's missed. We have learned how to go to the Lord ourselves and how to go to him in prayer and go to the word. And so as we go about this, um, we're finishing up on page five right now. It says, distress. there it is, the biggest of all issues underneath the surface of this author of this book, the ripping open of my heart had certainly revealed some things I needed to see, but didn't want to admit. And she said about me, about my God, and even my lack of trust in him. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Jesus girl through and through, the author writes. I love studying his word and doing the right thing. But when God starts to deviate from the plan, I assumed I was going to go on. I'm much more apt to try to tame God than to trust him. And if you're in the chat on Facebook or even here, I want you to type in the chat. If you know, it's kind of a hard word for me to spell, but God is sovereign. God is sovereign. What does sovereign mean? Sovereign means that God is in charge of everything, uh, that he is faithful, that he is in charge, that I can trust him, but he's sovereign. And I think for me, as I've shared many times, but at 15, losing my mother abruptly from a drunk driver who killed her, um, that was a stranger to our family. It wasn't someone we knew. Um, I had to decide, even at that age, am I going to trust God, not try to rearrange his plans? And then throughout my life, I realized I kind of thought, okay, I did that one big thing. I don't know if any of you have that one big testimony that you're just like, whew. That's amazing. I got through that season in my life. (laughs) You're shaking your head. Yes, I know. We've all had that, right? Uh, And then to only to come and find out that there's more rain showers, there's more storms, there's more heartache, there's things that we walk through. And that's not to be negative. It's to recognize that my job is not to make my life wonderful and hunky-dory, peaceful, joyful. It's all good. My job in life is to give God glory. And he knows if I'm gonna give him glory in my circumstance, um, wow, you know that's a that's a big thing for people that that God is sovereign. He did my situation, Salamatu, as the things you're walking through right now with your husband and his illness. I mean, people notice your faith, they notice your family love for one another. And um, if you've I've known Barb, my friend, for quite some time as well, and just that steadfastness to be that strong woman of faith and character is just amazing. And so when we think about that, there are a couple other things that I wanted to bring to your attention. And then we're going to, just so you get ready. Also, we're going to, in a minute, go over to page 48 and talk about the word trustworthy today. But she says, when All this busting up felt safe and secure without any assurance of a completion date and a vision of the exact goodwill that surely comes. That's when I raise my hand and I quit volunteering so eagerly to follow hard after God. That's when I kick into high gear, resisting God's plan, making suggestions on how to do this better and start pulling away from trusting to God and start trying to press into my own ways and my own timing and my own assumed better plan. But God is sovereign. And so when she demands that the builder hands over the tools, even though she has no clue how to use those tools or how to make it better, she starts trying to patch up and cover frantically. It's going to be detrimental in the long run. So I'm not an electrician. And if I saw that the house and all the wires were doing something and I got anxious and I wanted it to be done and I took the pliers and the tools from the electrician and I would probably get electrocuted or fry something because I don't know everything about electricity. And this is the, this is the bottom line of everything. God is sovereign. That means I give God control of my life. And when we do that, you know, she said, I have to do it over and over again. I just wish I had this same clarity when I'm trusting God Um, at the risk of exposing too much of her flesh tendencies. I'm going to peel back a layer of my soul. She says, I absolutely want to trust God and I'm good with declaring my trust of him, but declaring faith is not the same thing as walking out an absolute dependence on God to be God. That's where I want to build altars of my own solutions and run to fixing things my own way rather than keeping my eyes on him. In both cases, she says, I'm worshiping. I'm worshiping my own desires, my own plans over God and himself is not an altar that honors God, quite the opposite And so I see all of these amazing strong women on this call and I'm sure there's lots of, I know there's more because they're texting me that are on the Facebook live and that will be on here later. Can I just remind us all today to put it in God's hands? Just, you know, I know for me, um, Italy's kind of been up and down with lockdown and restrictions. And really, as we got to that one year mark around March, I was like, okay, it's over and they're just going to open up. They got the vaccines and then they locked us down even tighter than we had been just like a week or two before. And I felt like, what is happening? I can't make plans. I can't have the certain events that I normally have in May because of social distancing. And I had to remember God is sovereign. And I love hearing your testimony, Shanta and Barb and Salamatu, because it reminds me, what if we were not online? What if we had not done Thursday Connect online? What if we weren't doing some of these things? Maybe these things have been a small help to all of us. I believe they've been a big help. But, and so sometimes we don't get to know the fruit of the labor, the fruit of the trusting until later. I need to say that again. Sometimes you don't get to know the fruit of the trusting until later. But when we see it, and Mary mentioned it too, just about the testimonies, it's so powerful so that I know that I know that God is in control and he does miracles. Um, so I highlighted just a couple more things. I'm on page seven now in the book. She says, by under understand this, addressing this isn't because God is disappointed in me. He's actually appointing this time for me to understand the depth of his love for me like never before. When it feels like God is silent, don't think that he's disappointed in you or he's not listening. He's allowing you to put into practice those trustworthy skills so that your faith will be stronger. Amen. When you think God is silent and it's not happening like you wanted it to, you have to sit in your prayer chair somewhere and say, okay, God, you're allowing me to walk through this. Julia, we've walked through some some wonderful, challenging times, but each time I see it in your face, I hear it in your testimony that, wow, I see that God is showing me my faith is strong enough to walk through these different seasons. Amen. Amen. Anybody have a comment or you can copy me in the chat or you can unmute your mic. Mary, I see your mic unmuted. You want to tell us something?
4: (laughs) No, I'm just consuming. Actually, could you just for the last time repeat, uh, when you think God is silent, it's not going, it should be. Uh, Don't think. How did you finish? You think God
0: is silent. Don't think that he's disappointed in you or he's saying you can't handle this. He's actually being silent, but he's there, (laughs) right there beside you. And he's giving you these moments to learn to trust him so your roots will go deeper. He's allowing you to put into practice what he's already put in you, but now he wants to use it. He wants you to use it. He wants me to use it. And so... On page seven, she says, that's why I can't think of two more perfect books in the Bible to dust off than one and two kings. What appears from the outside is looking in on ancient text uh, about long ago leaders with faith, faulty hearts, so far removed from addressing the exact issues I need to examine. She said, as I dared to read these books from the vantage point of needing truth that was buried beneath a treasure. I've been astonished at how much application there is for a girl who loves God, but finds herself resisting his ways that are even more dangerous than I even cared to admit before. I wonder why I find myself so very exhausted, anxious, and burdened on the inside while singing and quoting verses on the outside, because there's a disconnect between the faith I want and the one I'm living. And she said, I know you feel it too. I've seen it in. I've heard it in questions. So let's create a safe place to acknowledge our distrust and discover how God will give us relief for our places of unbelief. And together we'll have grounded faith, renovated hearts and a strengthened trust. Grounded faith means it's not in, you know, if somebody, Shanta, you even said earlier about how you thought you had to go to the pastor, what if people had put all their trust in Lisa Turquist and all her beautiful books? And then her marriage falls apart and everybody goes, Oh, can't trust that. I can't trust what she said. But when we learn to trust God and we hold one another up when, it, when we're weary, when we're weak, and we, we stick to his word, our hearts are renovated, and we trust God like never before, and he comes through, and he teaches us about that. Now, if you have the book, you may see that it does have a video, and I did not buy the video because in the past, sometimes with language translation, that was a little bit of a problem. So I want us to go over to page 48 for a second and look at the word, trustworthy, look at the word trustworthy. So, uh, Barb, why don't you read um, the first paragraph for us on page 48? Okay.
1: One of the most constant themes we see throughout scripture is the truth that God is trustworthy. The actual English word trustworthy only shows up a handful of times in the Bible. However, the truth of God's trustworthy character is evident in every page of Scripture. Throughout the story of Scripture, we see evidence of this truth in God's covenant promises made to Abraham, Moses, and David.
4: Mary, can you get that next paragraph? Take a sure.
0: moment.
4: Yeah, uh, take a moment. You can hear me? Okay. Yes. Take a, mo- take a moment and correct. Uh, I mean and recollect uh, images of God's faithfulness. When we remember his faithfulness, we come to believe that that because God is faithful. He can be trusted, he can be trusted. In other words, he is trustworthy. God promised Abraham that his children would be like the stars in the sky and the sun of the seashore. This comes true and is one of the reasons why the Egyptians uh, feared the Israelites and eventually turned them into slaves. God promised Abraham, the lad of Canaan, and through Moses, the Israelites were read out of captivity toward the Lord God had promised. Amen. And then
0: it says, I'm just going to give an overview as we jump down the page a little bit. Think about every instance. And every evidence of God's trustworthy nature in the wilderness wandering. God went before the children of Israel with a pillar of fire at night, a cloud by day. He rested in the midst of their presence in the tabernacle. He provided them manna to eat. Every need that the Israelites had was met. Yet there was one thing God did that outshines every other example. One very specific deed done that exemplifies his trustworthy nature. He was faithful to the promise he made to Adam and Eve by crushing the head of the serpent as he sent his own son to die the death that we should have died. Jesus reigns victorious. This is why the psalmist could truthfully declare in Psalms one eleven seven, the works of his hands are faithful and just. All of his precepts, so all of God's DNA, all of the way God operates, It's trustworthy. The Hebrew word for trustworthy comes from the root word aman, and it encapsulates loyalty, faithfulness, dependability, all characteristics of the one true God. In one sentence, the psalmist declares that God's works are faithful, just, and he's trustworthy. When we read about trust in the Old Testament, we come across across a Hebrew word, Bata, which is a parallel to amon. When we trust Bata in someone or something, we're typically looking for a source of security to rely on. Mm -hmm. So if you're typing in the chat on Facebook, Mm -hmm. if you're typing in the chat here, trustworthy is that he is a source of security Mm -hmm. to rely on. What if you can't access your church? I think um, Shanta said that Barbara said that. What if you can't access those people that give you that word of encouragement? God is a source of security to rely on. And in the Old Testament, we see that whenever the object of our trust is God, we're commanded to trust him in various verses. When the object of trust is humanity, these terms have negative yes. in- implications yes. <laughs> through scripture. So scripture yes. is showing us if you put your trust in a man, you're, you're going about it the wrong way. God wants, God, he's a jealous God. He wants us to trust him. When we come to the New Testament, the root word for trust is pistos and refers to being worthy of belief, faithful and dependable. It can also elicit the response of trust or faith. Listen to this. Of the roughly 67 occurrences of pistos, 45 translate to faith or faithful, and nine literally translate to trustworthy in the New Testament. And if you don't have a book, I'm telling you, they're probably putting it in the chat on Facebook, but 1 Corinthians 7, 1 Timothy 1, 1 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 2, Titus 1. These are places where you will see the trustworthiness of God. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Apostle Paul, remember, Paul wrote stuff here in Rome while he was imprisoned as well. So we can't say Paul didn't know what he was talking about. He was suffering. He had been isolated. He had, um, and he had a terrible past, but God had redeemed him. Yes. So no matter what the past was, God, we can trust God to forgive and redeem our days. Think about that. So he was reminding people, including himself, the trustworthy nature of the gospel of Jesus. He said the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. He said we must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught. And he said these words are trustworthy and true. These words Somebody type in the chat, these words, we're talking about the Bible, these words, whether it's on your phone, whether it's, I've got my big life application study Bible. I'm not opening it up too much right now today. Yes. Mary's got her Bible. These words, I mean, this is a love letter. If you've ever had a letter from somebody that says they love you, these words are the love letters from Abba Father saying, I love you you know um i can remember you some of you know my precious grandmother who so trustworthy in her character and uh went to be with jesus at 102 but she was ordained as a fully appointed minister led other churches around hundreds and hundreds of pastors and i remember when i was a young bride and i was complaining about things as the italian and the texan were trying to figure it all out and she um didn't often rebuke me, but basically she just said, listen, you're going to have to take this to Jesus. And I got to go. I'm going to hang up. We were on the phone. And she said, I want you to take this to Jesus. He'll help you figure it out. And she hung up on me basically. And my grandmother never did that. And later I did take it to Jesus and God just brought such peace to me and wisdom and funny things that I could do to problem solve. And, um, but what my grandmother was doing, and this is what we can trust God for. He allows hard things so that our roots will go deep. When he's silent, it's not that he is absent. When he's silent, it is not that he is absent. And so as we look at God's uh, ability to trust us, I want to ask a couple questions. we got about 10 minutes as we get ready to close. Um, is there an area of your life where trusting God seems complicated. Is there an area of your life where trusting God seems complicated? Anybody wanna? Salamatu's already mentioned it's complicated, trusting God with health and um, illness. How do you do it, Salamatu. We can't hear you yet. I don't
3: know. That is why I have always thank you so much because you are always coming in at that very time.
4: Mm -hmm. When
3: trusting God becomes very, very difficult, I just see a prayer from Pastor Jane and I begin to pick up again honestly it is not easy it's really really not easy so we continue to pray for one another and especially for my own situation my husband's situation i just continue Mm -hmm. to solicit for your prayers
0: yes Yes. And I think that's what we have to remember that when these areas are complicated, Salama too said it, when the Holy Spirit prompts you to send a message to someone, a, an encouraging word, uh, um, Mary is the queen of getting us started on the right day in our Greek chats. <laughs> and she just has, finds the right picture graphic or scripture graphic, and it just, you just hold on to it for the day. Um, you can have your own friend group, you know, um, Shanta, you could do it with your children or your daughters-in-law, or your, you know, um, friends that are around you and it could be four or five and just be encouraged, um, that I know Salome's done it with some of her kids at school. Barb, you could do it with, as your grandkids are getting older, I suppose they have all phones now just about, huh? Yes. <laughs> and, uh, I'll tell you, uh, we might not realize the seeds that we're sowing for someone to keep trusting in God. Um, But I've learned some things even with some of my family members that, um, you know, I may text, I'm a texter and, you know, everybody teases I always have my phone and I really have to put my phone down sometime to take a rest. But, But I've been building some things in my young grandchildren that are just getting phones. And sometimes I'll text, you know, 10 times in two weeks or whatever, nothing, not a reply or from my one grandson. It'd be like, thanks. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then one day out of the clear blue, that grandson sent me a message. You're so amazing, Gigi. I love you. And it wasn't about the Gigi. It was that I knew that that week had been a little bit uh, unusual for him. And he was remembering that he's valuable and that he's got somebody in his corner and he walked into victory right after that, which was amazing. And, uh, so I thank you Salamatu, too, for even mentioning that, that, um, when things are difficult, we help each other yeah. and we don't want to stop doing that. The other question we have here is how does our lack of patience, this is a, this is a hard one to be real on, but how does our lack of patience add to distrust, Of God or distrust of others? Anybody? For example, when when I get impatient, if I didn't know the word of God, honestly, if I didn't have scripture that would just start bubbling up out of my spirit, um, I could say, God, I mean, where are you in this? I, I just don't see how this is good for me. But I remember that he said, I'll give you peace that passes understanding. And I remember that he says, this is the way walk in it. And I remember that he said, my word will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. So even in the darkest place, he's saying, go back to the word. Um, But I can get my impatience, can get me really frustrated if I'm not careful. Somebody else? Mary? Unmute your microphone, Mary.
4: Yeah, uh, how, how does lack of patience prompt you to do, to do, you know, destruction, something like that, yeah? Um, Yeah. um, Yeah, one thing is that uh, uh, if if we don't have that, uh, if you don't have the patience with you, of course, you will end up either saying or doing something that you regret. And uh, what, that kind of action, really, it's not who truly you, you are, but it's just because of that lack of wisdom and that lack of patience that would prompt you to. Uh, a good example is uh, the Ellie, Ellie uh, uh, in the book of Samuel. Uh, you know, when he was told by Samuel, wait, you know, I'll come, we do, we, we sacrifice. What did he do? He said, okay, well, I saw he was impatient. He was impatient to wait for the man of God. But what he did, he said, I saw the army starting to leave. And I was like, okay, let me take the matter in my own heart. And we just see how at that actually at that very moment uh, the man of God comes, and you know, and he 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 gets colded. could not you even wait a minute? You know. So su- such are the things uh, you know uh, which could put us in mm-hmm. such a mess. And we need really to ask God to give us to give us uh, that uh, flute of patience. It is important yes. because uh, so as, Yeah,
0: love that analogy and that um, we get impatient and we want to do we like Mary said, we make the wrong decision or like Samuel in the book of Samuel. We we just need to remember Psalm 62, eight. We're going to close with this today, but it says trust in him at all times. O people pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. And Mary, I love that you brought that to us, because we're going to look at Saul next weekend. Um, And so I want you to remember this. Uh, Let me see if I don't want to take over somebody else's. I've got one thing to say. The repeated pattern of disobedience in the kings can seriously get on my nerves, she says. So we're going to start to look at that as we look at Saul's, what he's doing. Ultimately, the experiences of the Israelites being led by imperfect kings helps us see more clearly our need for the one true, perfect, righteous King, Jesus. And so when we look at some of this stuff, what we see in Psalm 62, 8, is that he says, trust me, trust in him at all times, pour out your heart to God before him, because God is a refuge. And so, Um, I just believe that's a word. Even Mary, thank you for that. Salama too. I know there've been times when you just had to say, Lord, help me, Barb. I know you've had to say, Lord, help me. Let me be patient. Let me see what I'm supposed to do. I know Salome's; she's here at the office too, but, um, where we just say, Oh, I could do this, but I'm not going to. And so, um, I've been amazed as I've watched some of my family and friends go through certain things. And when I see them wait on the Lord and I sense that they have been in the presence of the Lord and they have brought it out to him. That's yes. Sundays is an awesome time to do that. And Wednesdays is an awesome time to do that, but there is nothing like getting into that place, wherever that is for you with worship music, with a headset, some solitude with God before you act like Mary said, don't act. What the, what the writer of this book says, she could have gone in there and torn up the, the building, her house that was getting renovated. That wouldn't help her. She had to wait for the timetable of God. We've already said that God is sovereign. So here is the place where we start with God being trustworthy, that he wants us trust in him. So many times I think we look at scripture and think, well, that's a good guide or that's a good suggestion. I've started to look at these verses as this doesn't say, if you feel like it, you know, the verses in Deuteronomy Deuteronomy that say, be strong and courageous doesn't say, if you feel like it, why don't you try how it feels to be strong? Or why don't you try to be, it's a commandment, be strong and courageous for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. And so as we look at this, where it says, trust him at all times, let's consider that a commandment, not a suggestion that in all things I will trust him. Before I act, before I get too impatient because the timetable isn't unfolding like I want it to, I pour my heart out to God so that I don't say the wrong thing, so that I don't make the wrong decision. Tell me, Mary. Yes.
4: Yes. Yeah, I just want to emphasize what you just said about, uh, it's it's not a request, it's a command. And every command of God has a promise attached to it. That's what I took from Pastor Gene. Just yes, from the
2: conference.
4: <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Every command of God has a promise attached to it. Yeah. Amen. And every promise has an attached guidance, a, a commandment, do this, and this, you're going to feel this benefit. So as we go into this season, we're, you know, Pastor Rick's mom is not doing well and we're praying for her. My stepmother was admitted to the hospital again with her cancer and But you know what? Cancer's not in charge of God's peace. COVID does not restrict the flow of God's trustworthiness. And so let's listen to this verse in Psalm 62, that the author of our trustworthy book has said, trust him at all times. So if you're starting to feel anxious, tap yourself on the shoulder and say, wait a minute, I'm supposed to trust God right now. I'm supposed to trust him. And then, You say, you know what? The scripture tells me to pour my heart out to him. So before I run and tell five people or three people, if I pour my heart out to God, I'm telling you in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. And suddenly Shanta said it earlier. That's what I love about being able to actually dialogue together that when I couldn't get to someone else or someone else at church. God put me in a place like this Thursday connect where I could hear his word and his voice, but then I would know how to take care of myself on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Friday, on Saturday, and all the days in between. Amen. And we are not alone. So thank you for joining me today on this new adventure. As we navigate, I'll have to go back and look at the Facebook too, but you can share it and, uh, So next week, we will start on page 14 and 17, uh, 14 through 17 and on, but uh, on King Saul. And we will see what we can learn from King Saul's life and how we can apply it to our own. So um, if you have a prayer need and you put it in the Facebook chat, we will come back and pray over those things as well. I know we have some that are watching online that are needing a physical healing. Um, if you have a need here in the zoom, you can also put that in the chat and I can see that in a little bit, but I want you to agree with me. Would you for a minute, women of faith that are on this call, it doesn't mean women without struggle. Amen. It means that we are women who have faith roots that will see us through any storm. And so I want us to pray together for our sisters and brothers that are walking through storms that are beyond their control that they would come back to that place of knowing that my God is a secure place that I can rely on at all times. So father, we thank you for this time together. I thank you for what you're doing in each of our lives. I thank you that you are the miracle working God who hears every prayer we pray. I thank you that there is not a second that we are too far removed that the very mention of the name Jesus brings you right there to where we are. Lord, we lift up our brothers and sisters in difficult moments and we pray that nothing would make them forget that God is sovereign and God is trustworthy. He is worthy of our trust. He is worthy of our confidence and we can rely on the King of Kings. We're going to study the Kings that were men, but we're going to see how we learn to rely on the King of Kings. So Lord, we bless each one today and we pray that they would Go through this day and this week feeling encouraged and joyful, and I encourage you in the Lord to let the blessings of God shine to you and through you in the next few days. In Jesus' name. And we all said amen. 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 Thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Love you.